Generally Speaking About the Church, podcast episode number 73. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is DG Hollins. We are here. We are back. And we're going to review The Shack. Oh, yeah. It rhymed anyway. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna shack it up. We're going to shack it up. We're getting we're, shaggy around here. It's going to be The Shack Attack. All right, DG man, it has been a while. It has been a month and a week. A or, month and a week, man. Yeah, a month and a week. You took your first step in the adoption process. You guys have submitted an application. Yeah, well, we submitted an application for an application. Oh. If, that, if that gives you any idea <laughs> about what's in store for nice. the adoption process, um, but yeah, 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 we uh, we filled out that first um, filled out that first sheet of paper, and that was, I mean, that's the that's the rough one, man. It was like. You know, would you be willing to have uh, an African-American, an Asian, or Hispanic? Or would you be willing to have a mix? That stuff's easy. We're like, yeah, sure, whatever. We don't care there. But then it's like, would you like to have one that that has a correctable health concern or a non-correctable health concern? I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know? Yeah. It's just hard stuff. It's just it's, it's hard it's to really go hard. To, to stuff mart and choose out a child. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it, I can imagine that would be very difficult. Because if we had a child and, and, and it, the child ended up having a non-correctable um, you know, medical issue. Then Which you wouldn't we, pass it over. Exactly. We would love that child anyway. So anyway, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but, but, uh, but it's okay. Oh, wait. Oh, there goes the phone. <laughs> it's, uh, actually I, uh, I'm doing the 10 to prayer. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard the 10, uh, 10 to be prayer. No. Uh, but it's, it's the scripture that says raise up workers for the harvest. Uh huh. And so, um, me and, a hundred other people or a thousand other people in the entire U.S., they set their alarms to go off at 10.02 oh, okay. every single day to remind you to be praying for God to raise up worker, workers for the harvest. Well, that's very cool. I yeah. like the idea of that. So anyway, I, hope, I hope that it hasn't gained widespread Christian acceptance because then it would be terrible. <laughs> because I don't recall re- reading that specific. I mean, pray for the workers of the harvest, but at 10.02 setting alarms, if that was widespread Christian acceptance... And if there was a book about that in a Christian bookstore, I think I might have a problem with it. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> you're you're getting ahead of yourself for getting, today's topic. I know. I'm just I'm just setting it up for later. No, you're good. You're good. Just because of how how ridiculous that argument sounds. Yeah, it does sound a little bit ridiculous. Ridu- it looks sounds a little ridiculous. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, we started that process, and the cool thing is, is they did send us an email back saying, "Hey, you're accepted. Uh huh. You got accepted. So now." Uh, we get go to Dallas Fort Worth area for our orientation, right? And it's it's at the orientation that they say, "Hey, this is the process. This is all the stuff you need to get done, and in what order. This is about how much it's going to cost for each thing, and just and go through the whole process." Anyway, yeah, we're excited about it. We're actually very excited about it. Tiffany has already bought um, the uh, the quilt and the fitted sheets. <laughs> Or the crib that we don't own. <laughs> nice, nice. But she was thinking that you know she wants to start looking at paint and you know and stuff like that. So for the nursery, right? Well, I, I told her it's a little bit early, but I just want to let people know that um, this this is a huge ordeal. You guys have been thinking and praying and 
and processing this whole thing for years now. Oh yeah, and yeah. and this Definitely. has been just recently that you took this first step, and I just wanted to bring it up here in this episode to remind people to pray for you guys Thanks, and man. and pray for this process, and so. Um, definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, and you can go to my blog, dg.holloms.com. If you want to help support the finances towards it, yeah. there's like a PayPal button on there and they're having like some event this Saturday with our friends. They're actually throwing a big party, like a family party party. Cool. This Saturday from like four to six, 47. Is there information on your blog about church. that? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's on there. All right, good. Dg.holloms.com and, and you can click on the attend this event button and that'll send you to the event bright. Yeah. Um, thing so very cool so check that out and and again if you guys want to uh contribute uh even though you're not uh in our local area here yeah you can you can definitely do that at dg.hollams.com i mean i'm hoping at the uh, at the orientation place that they're gonna say hey here are scholarships you the applications you can fill out because <laughs> it's like a thirty thousand dollar yeah uh, total i mean after everything's done it's around thirty thousand dollars and we've got right around six seven thousand saved so yeah we still got a ways to go so you ought to check out the uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman uh, Foundation too. Yeah, I, well, I'm pretty sure Tiffany did. I yeah, I can't remember. She said something like we would be eligible for that or something like that. So cool. it's one of those things we have to fill out. But we were going to go to Edna Gliding first, get the orientation stuff, and just basically say, "Hey, scholarships. Do y'all have any ideas and thoughts?" We're going to ask them about that one. Good. So I just want to let you know I have come back from an awesome vacation. Uh, the first vacation since I left and started podcasting as a full-time career. So in 2008, we didn't do a vacation, which is really odd for our family. We usually have two a year. But this this year, we took our first one since venturing out on our own. And we spent 10 days at the lake house down in eastern Tennessee on Lake Douglas, which is just probably about 40 minutes drive into the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And uh, at nice. the lake house, no internet access activity whatsoever, except for the fact that I had an edge connection on my iPhone, which I was <laughs> using to tether to my MacBook so that I could check email. And you at least found at least one McDonald's somewhere or a Starbucks that, that you oh, called yeah. me to get Wi-Fi. <laughs> I, I did drive to town twice uh, or three times to upload some podcasts that we had recorded on my Edderall. So anyway, it was the most relaxing vacation ever and just really enjoyed the family and also had an awesome time, um, really had an experience, and I will call it an experience. Uh, some people are, are a little we- weirded out by saying, oh, you've had an experience. It's not all about experiences. And I understand that. But I did have an experience. I had those when I go to Kings Island and yeah. Six Flags. <laughs> but I had an experience uh, with God this this week that you know was just a culmination of, of a, you know, God's really been working in my heart on a daily basis as I've been doing, I think we've got like 117 episodes of the Almost Daily Devotional that I've put out, and and just in my quiet time and in my devotional time, and through reading some books, and, and some books that are just like not Christian faith-based related, it's more like career and life balance and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just really God's been speaking to my heart so many different things that have just been building into who I am, and, and some of those I've integrated into my life. Some of them I'm still working on and some of them I aspire to integrate into my life. Uh, changing and 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 getting hopefully closer to what I, I feel God wants me to be in my life. And but but there's always been this this feeling that, you know, I God will be happy with me when I 
get to this level. And and I know that I, in my in my mind or in my heart, I know that's not true. Right. Or wait, no. In my head, I know that's not true. But my heart hasn't always understood that. Oh, you know, okay. there. It, 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 right, right, right. Yeah. Well. My, my head can comprehend the fact that God loves me unconditionally, but my heart just hasn't. It, that hasn't really sunk in. Right. And I was reading a book, and it's called The Shack. And I will tell you that I heard about this book from various, many different people. I heard before I read, before I opened the first page of the book. I had already heard that there's a huge controversy surrounding this book. I had already heard that there's a huge controversy surrounding how it depicts the Trinity in the book. Right, right. And I think I was one that kind of mentioned that one. Yeah. And and well, and and, and not just you, but I'm talking like 15, 20, 30 people kind of right. told me about all the issues that so many people have with right. this book. Right. So with that, I'm like, okay, but it's a fictional book, right? It's a fictional story. It's not. It's not real. It's not. It's not touting itself in the nonfiction section at the Christian store. It, it, it is a fictional account of a story, correct? Yes. And and they said, yeah. And so basically, <laughs> I'm looking at the I'm chat sorry, room. Yeah, Chef Mark just said, is it called Shaq? And then he's talking like the basketball player, right. Shaq. So that's hilarious. Sorry, anyway. So, is it going to be a spoiler because the because someone's not done with the check? So we got to make sure that we're not going to do any spoilers here. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to do any spoilers of the end of the book. But um, if you if you aren't aware of the main central theme of the book, which is uh, the fact that somebody meets somebody in a shack. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 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 there's a, a weekend of conversation between two individuals or a, a few individuals and and maybe one individual who's in three persons or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, beyond the basics of it, I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it outside of what so many people have 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 heard about it. So, but if you don't want any spoiler, then go ahead and turn this off and come back to this episode of uh, about the church episode number seventy three. Because there are a couple things that I, I want to talk about just specifically, and it has to deal with the Trinity and the central theme of the book. That's all we're going to talk about. None of the details and definitely not the ending, which I think is beautiful. Um, and actually, you know what? I tell you what, I will warn you at the end or at a certain point in this conversation, because for those who have read it, I do want to say something at the end. But I promise you, before I give away the ending, I will tell you I'm about to do so. Okay. In the argument against the arguments against this book. Okay. <clears throat> and when that happens, <laughs> I will let you know ahead of time and okay. you can shut us off and then okay. come back and listen later. So here's the deal. I, had, I went into it knowing it's a fictional book and knowing that a lot of people have a, a beef against how it portrays the Trinity. So okay. I read the book. And I got to that point, and I'm like, okay, I understand where some people are a little weirded out by this. But I read, and it's like, did they finish reading this? Mm. Did did they finish reading this? Because it, it, how can they have an issue with this, this, and this? And and we're gonna talk about some of the issues. And in fact, what I'd like to do, DG, is I'd like to play a couple audio clips, and and they're a little bit lengthy. The first one here is about four minutes. And this comes from a guy. Let me um, let me go ahead and tell you who he is. It's this comes from the YouTube page for Horizon Christian Fellowship, and the, the description of the video that they put online. Okay. This is put out by their church. After reading William P. Young's book, The Shack, 
Pastor Bob Botsford of Horizon Christian Fellowship points out how the author distorts the perception of who God is and its power to deceive readers. Hmm. Okay, wow. okay. That, that's a pretty pretty sharp uh, rebuke of, of of this book. But listen to this right here. But maybe even more deceptive, actually, than yoga is this book. And more deceptive, here's why, because it has crept itself into a Christian acceptance. Okay, why is it more deceptive? <laughs> because it's, it's crept itself into Christian acceptance. That makes it more deceptive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, and he goes further. And maybe yoga has too, but I, you know, I don't see the yoga mats selling in the Christian bookstores yet. And because it's sold in Christian bookstores, makes it more deceptive. <laughs> and yet this book is. In fact, the author himself sent me a copy of the book, signed it, wrote me a nice note in it. And yet, you know, as lovingly as I can say it, it's a distortion. It is a step away from what Scripture declares and describes God uh, in an entirely different way than how Scripture would describe God that would be a departure and a distortion from a true perspective that is based on biblical truth. In fact, the Shack would describe God as an African-American woman. And Jesus as, um, well, it's just crazy. Wait, wait a second. Well, whoa, 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 God, the father is an African-American woman and it describes Jesus. Oh, wait, biblically and accurately. No, 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 no. Here's what he, what does he say? Woman. And Jesus as, um, well, it's just crazy. <laughs> Come on. And Jesus, hmm, as a human being, Mr. Middle Eastern descent, a Jewish guy who's not maybe the most attractive like the movies portray him. Hmm. Isn't that just crazy? I'm sorry. I'm going to get a little animated. <laughs> I'm just going to laugh. Okay. This whole podcast is just going to laugh. Here you go. Um... <laughs> Well, it's just crazy. Um, Mark Driscoll, a friend of mine I've gotten to know a little bit up in the Seattle area, calls it a heresy. And has denied the power of the Trinity, this book has, and reduced the true healing power of what Christ declares himself to be here from Colossians 1 and the full atonement of what he has done for us on the cross and ends up placing this guy in the presence of God in this shack where he starts cussing at God. Can I just assure you of one thing? You will never stand before God and cuss at him. He is not your peer. <laughs> He's not your bro. He's not the big man upstairs. He is the all preeminent one who has come to declare righteousness in the name of his son and deliver us from the power of darkness. And we are to uphold how scripture describes for him to be. And nothing like, well, I love the book, man. I was crying by page 100. No, listen, just because you find something that is moving and something that works does not mean it's right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5 says this, that your faith 
should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There's a lot of wisdom of of men out there. A lot of trinkets and little tricky things that we begin to justify and think, well, I can sort of add this and, you know, everything is fine and going to turn out well in the end. That's like me saying to you after church, we're all going to have a barbecue at my house. Everybody come over. Well, where's your house? How do I get there? Well, just pick whatever path you want. They all lead to the same place. All roads don't lead to the same place. All right, there you go. Two thing, two other things that I should have stopped at the one. First of all, you'll never stand before God and cuss him out. I, I haven't necessarily cussed God out, but I've been angry with God before. Right. I recall in this thing, what's it called? That book that that the, what's that big book that everybody Christians follow? Um, the Bible. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it, it, there's this guy, and, and you know, and, it's actually made up of a bunch of letters and other books. Exactly, it is. <laughs> but but anyway, there's this guy named Job. I happen to remember him yelling at God, getting quite angry at a, at one point. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't see God smite him. Uh, well, actually, he got. It wasn't until after he felt that God had smited him that he got angry. Which, if and if you don't know about the tragedy in this book, something pretty, tr- two very tragic things happened to right. this man. Right. Yeah, yeah. The character, the main character in this book, two things that I would think that if they happened to me, if both things happened to me in my life, I probably would be a little bit more angry with God than I have ever been angry with my, God in my own personal life because I've mm. never had the re- the two reasons of the two things that have happened in his life. At the, at the character of this story and the two things that have happened in his life, I couldn't dream or imagine the, imagine those things happening to me because right. they never have. Right, right, exactly. And yeah. so, but to say that you'll never stand before it's, it, God is the and, and it's like God is this authoritarian. He is this disciplinarian, and he's yeah. come to bring his. And it's like that's exactly why this book did what it did with the Trinity and with the African American woman, and we're going to get into that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This the last part there was. Oh, you want to come to my house? Uh, just come on over. You know, all roads lead to you know. No, not. That, and this book specifically says that. And and there 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 might be a couple biblical truths that I'll share in here that happened in some conversations in this book. Oh yeah. That that if you think that that's going to be spoilerish, then then tune out because. Uh, but one of the things that was spe- specifically in here is like. So are you telling me that that you that that it could be possible that somebody. A part of another religion all of a sudden finds you know finds faith you know in you and 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 that you'll reach out and establish a relationship through them with them and it all but the book is very detailed and and very careful to point out that it's only through christ that that relationship is formed with the father and and there's there's one line in there and i this is where i ran out of time for preparation for today right but there is one line specifically says listen no all roads don't lead to me, but mm. I'm willing to go down any road to meet somebody else. Right. Okay. Yeah. And 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 it's specifically talking about it, but it, it it's very clear. It's only through Christ that this is possible. Right. It, but it's but it's saying it's it's not putting you at the center of the of the of the talk. It's talking about God at yes. the center of it. So God's willing to go down those roads. You so you don't have to <laughs> exactly. You know I'm saying it's not talking about what all the different roads that man has created to be able to get to God. 
it's it's the ways that God can be able to use all those ways that God, that man is created to be able to show himself. That's a, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And <clears throat> so, well, you know, that sounds like uh, you know, that sounds like God using a cross, like a torture device, or God using uh, covenant, right? You know, which was man created. <laughs> But he's going to be able to show himself in the midst of those things. Exactly. For those of you in the chat room, I'm going to ask you if you would please do me a favor and change your font back to the regular default so that everybody can kind of participate. I'm not oh. going to. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to to um, go in and read everything as we're going through here. Right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep up. So you you can keep up, but but kind of just try to to keep it in the in the black and the regular font because I want everybody to be able to fit as much on the screen if you guys don't mind dg's kind of following along and he'll introduce some thoughts that you guys are sharing yeah along the way but anyway so so he this i've never heard of this pastor before um he he refers to chuck colson and a and a and a a review of the book that chuck chuck colson colson did Mm -hmm. and that john MacArthur recommended to him i i have respect for chuck colson i love chuck colson um i have respect for john MacArthur. Um, I have, I have respect for the next person that I'm going to play. And, and in fact, I've defended him a little, to a certain degree, sure. uh, a, 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 on this podcast. And that, that next person is going to be Mark Driscoll. And again, I do have some respect for this guy and, and I don't think that he's, he's a, a bad pastor or anything like that, <clears throat> but I will tell you that I've, I, I'm kind of one of those guys. I'm, I, I think that I'm a fundamentalist. You know, but I'm not one that you put just, the fun and fundy. That's right. Yeah. I put the fun and fundamentalism. <laughs> I, I have no idea, really. I, I'm just I'm I'm just a guy who follows God and Christ, and I believe in the Bible, and I believe it is the inherent word of, in inerrant word of God. But I don't understand it all, and so some of that's a childlike faith, and something tells me from God that that's okay to have that kind of faith, and except for the fact that some people told me that it's okay to have a uh, five-year-old understanding of the Bible as long as you're five years old. Well, I think I have a little bit more than that. I think I have a 36-year-old. Did someone tell you that? I saw it on a YouTube video. I thought someone called you on that and said, Cliff, it's okay. You have a five year old. I was like, wow, that's insulting. No, no, I was watching. I was searching for YouTube video reviews of of the shack. And that was in one of them. Oh, okay. okay. So he basically believes that this guy has a five year old uh, view of of the, the of the Trinity. And, uh, but yeah, and I don't think, I I don't think that it was Mark Driscoll, but here we're going to do the same thing with this Mark Driscoll video. And hopefully this isn't going to pause on us anywhere through here, but, uh, let's see what, um, pastor Mark has to think about what he has to say about this. Okay. I'll give you perhaps. I I, I warn you that I, I, I just want to say one more thing for Mark Driscoll. I respect him. I believe a lot of the things that he preaches, um, and and stuff and and sometimes I feel like you know sometimes I feel like I need a good hellfire brimstone kind of you know authoritarian kind of right. message or uh-huh. a sermon I I kind of like those but one of the things I will say here and one of my criticisms and you know what I certainly have many things you can point out and and, and suggest as flaws for me oh, yeah. but one of the things that really rubbed me the wrong way in this and I'm sure I do things that rub you the wrong way and you know who you are I mean all of you out there listening I've done if you listen to enough of me I'm going to rub you the wrong way yeah and so yeah. the same I thing I just wish you would stay on my shoulders because sometimes you move down to my arms when you're rubbing me and <laughs> I don't care about that was... exactly <laughs> but, but I will tell you one of the things that just really burned me on this is just how arrogant 
sounding this argument is. And so, so here's Mark Driscoll. You perhaps a more current cultural example. How many of you have read the book, The Shack? Okay. If you haven't, don't. Okay. But let me explain this to you. Christians today are going nuts on this book called The Shack. I saw it at Barnes and Noble, endorsed by Michael W. Smith, shook my head. Couldn't believe it. You know, the book is about the Trinity. Okay. First of all, the book is not about the Trinity. Mm. This book is not about the Trinity. This book is about a lot of things that Paul Young, and that's what he's called. He goes by Paul. Right. Um, the book is about all the things that Paul has experienced and, and learned from God over his lifetime and through some very difficult things, which you can listen to an interview uh, of Paul Young uh, from the Words to Mouth podcast. And I will provide a link for that in the show notes, the, okay. the full interview where Carrie, uh, my friend Carrie from the Words to Mouth podcast, did a full one-hour interview with Paul Young. And you can hear the story and the questions and hear his heart. That, that's the other thing that bothered me. It's like, this guy wrote me a nice letter. It was, but it's like, did you respond? Did you ask him questions? You know? Right. Obviously right. not. And I meant to ask you yeah, if, go ahead. if you had heard, um, and I can't remember if I heard it from you or if I heard it from Tiffany, my wife, or somebody else, but... Uh, talking about his experiences when he was living with his parents uh, and they were missionaries and the experiences that, that he had there. I'm sure that she went into that, yep. that interview. But it came up. But I mean, that's it's some pretty hardcore stuff. He had some pretty bad things happen to him. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and he's hearing. Anyway, I, we might want to talk about that, too. I mean, the background of the author, I think it's very important. Any book you read, having the background of the author, like the life history of the author is important. Before you go preaching against him. Yeah, <laughs> stay out of the shack was the title of that first video. Oh yeah, it was called "Stay Out of the Shack." Wow. Yeah. Okay, you want to keep going? I'm sorry. Well, what I was going to say is that um, so so the the story that the what I heard through the interview was that this is he had some very difficult things in his life. He had he he got married, had some very difficult issues in his marriage. And and stuff like that. I won't even spoil the interview for you because I think you need to, if, or I think I don't think you need to. See, that's that's the thing. I gotta get a, rid of this whole mindset of what you need to do. <laughs> what, what's what what's I the see, website again that, that the interview is on? It, it's called wordstomouth.com. and uh, it if you search uh, in the search box in the uh, left column on the right, there's two columns on the right hand side. Okay. The the left sidebar has a little search box, and you can type in shack, and it'll pull it right up. Okay. Any, I'll, I'll try to find it so I can sure. put it in here for the... And, uh, but anyway, he he talks about the fact that he's... he's, he's, he's It's kind of the same way that I'm doing with, you know, the Almost Daily Devotional. I read something, and, and I kind of share just what I'm what God's laying on my heart. And, yeah. and through reading these books and the My Crazy Life podcast, it's kind of like taking all of that. And what he's done is he's all the things he's kind of learned about God. And as much as he can wrap his mind about God, he felt led to write a story that would demonstrate what he believes about God to leave behind for his children. That's okay. why he wrote the book. Right. He exactly. wrote the book for that reason. He gave it to his children who then gave it to other people. And then they gave it to other people. He starts getting emails. Somebody convinced him that he must publish this book. So, and and then of course, when they went to go publish it, there was, um, you know, he went to. I think they he it was like fifteen 
uh, Christian publishers, 15 non-Christian publishers. It was too edgy for the Christian publishers. It was it was too Jesus-y for non-Christian publishers. So mm. it was it was a no-go. Right. And and just out of nowhere. And now all of a sudden, and and the biggest beef that people have that in in these reviews is now this thing is it reached the top ten books ever sold in Amazon.com or New York Times bestseller or whatever. Right. And it's like. Because it got popular is the reason, and it, because it's got widespread spread Christian approval or acceptance, right? That is bugging people, and I can understand that. There's there's some things it's like, whoa, let's not let's be careful what bandwagons we jump on, right? But but let's because th- okay, so what we're experiencing is the exact same thing that happened with the Da Vinci Code, yeah, with the book and with you know and with the the movie, and I mean, so it's not unusual for these thing, kinds of things to happen. Um, at least in my mind, but anyway, keep, keep going. I mean, that's the same thing that's going on. They're like, ooh, something else is really, really popular among Christians as well as the rest of the world, and so we need to address it or talk right. about it. Right, and I understand addressing, addressing it. I understand throwing caution to it and saying, okay, so the, here's a fictional story. It's become very popular, and this is how the author has chosen to write about the Trinity. Here's where it falls short. Right. But they don't stop there. They say this is written and it's deceiving people. It's leading people down the wrong path. Right. And, and it's like, no, no. But let me, let me, okay, so let's go ahead and go back to, to Mark Driscoll here. Okay. It, it, I think this morning it was number 12 on Amazon.com of all books. It's approaching 300 reviews. And Christians are freaking out. We love it. This is amazing. Now we understand the Trinity. No, you don't. Here's the book, right? There's a, there's a person named Mac that gets a letter from God. God wants to meet Mac at the shack. That's literally what's going on in the story. Okay? The Mac so shack. It's Mac attack. at the shack. <laughs> Mac goes to the shack, goes into the shack, and the book is about a conversation that Mac has with the Trinity. Okay, so. So far, I will say that that is correct. Okay. It, is, it, is about the com- it is about a conversation he has with the Trinity. Right. Okay. But it is not about the Trinity. Right. 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 Okay. See. See. He, in, in the beginning, his argument was it's a book about the Trinity. Right. Right. That's what he said. Yeah. You're right. Here he says it's a book about a conversation with the Trinity. Right. Which is can can we re, can I paraphrase this and tell me if I'm taking too much of a artistic uh, license with this one? So it, it's a book about a conversation with with the author's understanding of God. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah. Okay, so is there anything wrong with an author writing a fictional story for his children about his conversation of his understanding of God? Right. All right, anyway. So the whole premise of the book is the Trinity. No, it's now, not. God the Father is portrayed as an African-American woman named Papa. I'm not even making this up. Jesus is a a guy of Middle Eastern descent, a typical Jewish looking guy. And God, the Holy Spirit is portrayed as an Asian woman named, Sa- I think it's Sarayu. I think it's how you say it. Sarayu. And Christians are, this is amazing. Now we understand the Trinity. I don't believe that. No, you don't. I'll tell you why. And Christians are endorsing this and Bible teachers are endorsing this and recording artists and musicians. Oh, this is amazing. No, it's not. Regarding the Trinity, it's actually heretical. Give me some reasons why. Please do. First of all, one of the Ten Commandments is do not make a graven image of God. What is a graven image of God? It's taking the invisible God and trying to make him visible. It's taking the creator God and 
trying to make him part of creation. Romans 1.25 says that by definition, paganism is to exchange the truth of God for a lie and to worship and serve created things rather than the creator God who is forever praised. Amen. John 4, Jesus says that God is spirit, right? He's talking about the Father. The Father is spirit. He doesn't have a, a, a physical body. He's okay, freeze right there. First of all, um, Shaq Girl in the chat room says he skipped a lot of details. He sure did. I agree with you wholly. And I, I'm going to back it up just a second because I want you to hear this because his, his thing is that it, he says the book, I, I'm wondering if he read the book. You know, did, did he really read the book? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to bring in some details after this. Okay. Specifically regarding God as an African-American woman versus God is neither male nor female. And Mark Driscoll even says this himself right here. Jesus says that God is spirit, right? He's talking about the Father. The Father is spirit. He doesn't have a a physical body. He's spirit. The Puritans understood this to mean this declaration against graven imagery, that you can't take God the Father and try and represent him in a picture. If you make him look like an old man, that's a graven image. God is not an old man. God doesn't sin and get old. Right? We can make a, a picture, perhaps, of Jesus because God the Son came as a man, so we could show Jesus as a man. Graven image. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus at the baptism as a dove. Graven image. <laughs> so to use the dove as a symbol of, of God, the Spirit, is not a sin because God himself does that in Scripture. But to make So what's wrong with someone saying that this could be a symbol of God or this could be a symbol of the Holy Spirit, this could be a symbol I see no difference between those things. Yeah, and 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 God is a symbol of as a father, right? Right. Because he he has revealed himself in 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 the Bible as the father, and so people have their understanding. And and the reason why he chose not to be a father in this book and an African American woman instead is going to be evident when I read finally from the book what it says about the Trinity, or at least about fa- the the, right. the fact of who right. God is, okay, the Father. Sorry, I just I no, wanted to say that. No, I mean, no you're just... fine. You, you tell me to pause whenever you want. Okay. All right. But to make an image of God the Father, to show God the Father as a human being, the Bible says clearly God is not a man. God the Father is not a man. Now God the Son became a man. And to keep all this clear in our thinking, it's graven imagery. First of all, I want to say so far in this book, I did not see any difference from what I, what Mark Driscoll tre- teaches as the Trinity, as what I've always understood as the Trinity, as what I read in this book. And I'm not saying that this book is perfect. And in fact, I would say that if anything, it goes a little bit off in some other areas, but it's not necessarily in the Trinity. But, but the thing is, I don't expect... I don't I've the best I've ever heard a pastor in my past try to explain the Trinity is well you know how there's H2O well then it's water and steam and ice it's like come on that's not the Trinity give me a break it's a symbol now <laughs> it's grave an image you should know it is therefore no Christian every should time ever you see water ice yeah every time you see water drop it that's why in Canada they don't serve ice because they're all Christians up there right <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, come on. But anyway, here's the fo- thing, folks. I will warn you: do not read the shack as biblical truth, okay? Because it's not. It's not a doctrinal thesis statement at all. It is a fictional story, and it is one man's way of trying to communicate 
the main purpose of this story is not the Trinity. The main purpose is to communicate God's undying, unfathomable love for all creation, all created human beings, and and the restoration of the of the earth uh, to to what He wanted and how He did it through Jesus Christ. I mean, it is a very awesome, very moving story. Let's go on with what Mark says. Secondly, it's goddess worship. If God the Father is really God the Mother, that changes everything. That means when Jesus prayed our Father in heaven, he should have prayed our Mother in the shack. Do you hear his arrogance? Yeah, and it, it really is. It, 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 that is just blatant arrogance. Yeah, and and I, I and and I, I, you know what? Part of me hates to call him out and, and on this because I'm arrogant sometimes. You know, sure, and sure. and I'm probably being arrogant in my arrogance of of his arrogance, and so <laughs> I I apologize. But but here's the thing: it's goddess worship. Did he read the book? He yeah. did not read the book because he says that that this is this book is about the Trinity, right? And the fact that he is still stuck on God revealing himself as a uh, as a thick African American woman, right? He has not read this book because I'm, and and I'll explain why and when the, I and read it. And the fragrant it. hand said that. I mean, that's exactly what. <laughs> there's what our chat, you know, in the chat room is. This guy couldn't have read the book. There's no yeah. way you you, right. you cannot get point with get by with this point that well, that it's I, goddess I, I worship. Can, I can easily think that he read the book, but I can also easily think that he got so hung up on the Trinity aspect that he that he forgot to be able to really openly read the book open mindedly read the book. And can I say that I'm thankful that I heard about all the controversy about the Trinity so that I could dismiss that in my mind and say okay I'm not going to accept this as biblical truth right or a representation of biblical truth I am going to take this as a, an author's understanding of God the best he can grasp it Right and I you know what honestly I think part of what we're kind of dealing with is a little bit of history is like the pilgrims promise I mean, when the Pilgrim's Promise came out, in some... You mean Progress. In, uh, progress, yeah, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Pilgrim's Progress. When it first came out, there were some groups of people that were taking it, I mean, right up close to Scripture. Yeah. And, you know, and, that, and that's, I, think that's, I, think that's, I think that's an issue that, <laughs> that he's basically saying, you know, I've got to tell everybody, no, no, don't ever even well, remotely he, do that. And, and see that... But, what but I, why doesn't he do this with C.S. Lewis? Right. Why does he do this? You know, here's another here's another person that's that's explaining God, who God is, his God's relationship with uh, his uh, with us, his creation, and yet I'm not seeing him tackle C.S. Lewis. Yeah, if if there's, I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe he would if we asked him to read maybe. Chronicles of Narnia. What, what what's the other C.S. Lewis book? The real popular one, Christian, the mere Christianity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, does he take on that? I mean, how many people read that and it's like, wow, now I understand God. Well, and it's but that's Isn't, mainly because in mere Christianity, he doesn't really he, he doesn't, doesn't claim use symbols. Well, know, and, and well, also he does say, I don't merely, I don't even claim to understand myself. Yeah, yeah. and 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 as far and, and the author, but it, but still, this is fiction. So it, right, exactly. it's fiction. Exactly. It's a story. Exactly. It's a bedtime story. It's not even a bedtime story. It, it, re, listen to the interview and you'll find out what kind of story it is. Yeah, definitely. But here, here's some more goddess worship. Right? I mean, you think this through. The God, now, some would say, but God's not male or female. He doesn't have, you know, anatomical structure. Understood. And he makes us male and female in his image and likeness. And we'll get into that in a few weeks. We get into the doctrine of Imago Dei. But the truth is, if God reveals himself 
to us as father, we are to honor him as father. And if we say that God the Father is a woman, now we're not worshiping God, we're worshiping goddess. That's not what the book says at all. Number three. Nowhere in there. It's modalism. It's a heresy. Papa says at one point, I am, quote, I am truly human in Jesus. End quote. That's not true. That's modalism. The father was not born of a virgin. The father did not die on a cross. The son did. Modalism says that... Did Jesus say, I am, I am in my father and my father is in me? Yeah, M one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make voice. sure. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to make sure I remembered that correctly. I'm not just making that up, though, right? No. Okay. Th- thank you. Says that the Father became Jesus and the Father became the Spirit. The Trinity says they're distinct. It they work together. The, the Father sent the Son. The Son died and rose, and the Spirit was sent to indwell and regenerate us. They're all working together. But again, the father was not born of Mary. The father did not grow up as a Galilean peasant. The father did not die on a cross. The fa- and the shack didn't say any of that. <laughs> the father did not walk away from the tomb. That was the son. And lastly, they saved the Trinity. The book says, quote, they are in a circle of relationship, not a chain of command or great chain of being. Hierarchy would make no sense among us. That's not true. What they're saying is that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, though equal, which I believe, and the Bible tells, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are equal, that there's no deference within the Trinity. Yet there is deference within the Trinity. Jesus says, the Father sent me. Jesus says, I only say what the Father tells me to say. Jesus says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. That's, that's essential to the understanding. Okay, and my, I don't know. My, I didn't pause that one. That, was one. that one's my computer pausing. But anyway, um, so anyway, the, I, I, this is one I don't have an argument against. I, I, I kind of, when I re- was reading The Shack, I kind of had a little bit of hard time understanding the chain of command. I understand the purpose of why it wrote, he wrote it. And, he, and really, I, I, I really took away some great things about the chain of command line in this book as it relates to us humans and our and our culture and 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 stuff like that and and how it 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 really tears down relationships i don't know that again i don't i don't take everything in this book as being communicated from god to my heart okay that is not what this book was for me but i i i have no argument against what mark driscoll is saying here it, so far, it's the only point he's made that makes any sense at all. And again, this isn't a book about the Trinity. It is right, a book right. about something so different than the Trinity. Right. So anyway, moving on. This we're almost that, done. We get our Christian doctrine that, well, that the children are supposed to honor their mother and father. It's not that children are lesser than their mother and father, but they're to listen to their mom and dad. Their wives are not lesser than their husbands, that they are to respect their husbands. The Christians are not less than pastors, but Christians are to... Listen to spiritual leadership, like Hebrews 13 says. That citizens are not less than government officials, but we are to honor those whom occupy political office. That we are to honor good leadership. And the book is arguing hierarchy only makes sense where there is sin. Let's say no, because there's no sin in the Trinity. Additionally, there's no sin among the godly. And the point of the argument was more not so much that there. The point in the in the book was that 
the 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 fact is that we do have sin in this world and right. that and the reason why we have hierarchy in this world is because of sin. Oh, oh, okay. If you read the book, it makes a lot more sense. He he he's taken again this too far. He's he's taken it. The, I I think that the art author went a little too far to say that God has no, you know, well, I don't know. I, I it it challenges what I believe about you know the chain of command and and if God's this you know you go do this and go do that and go do but it, and it paints God in a, in the Trinity mm. in a way that's it's, it's more like they're all in agreement all the time which. I, I even heard Mark say, but he says, but no, because I, I, I will be honest with you. This one, again, this point, I'm not going to argue against what Mark Driscoll is saying. Um, but if you read the book, it's not, it's still, we're not talking the main central theme of the book. Right. The godly angels who have not fallen with Satan and demons. And there is hierarchy within the angels, those who rule and those who serve. Furthermore, for all Christians, when we die and go to be with the Lord in heaven, there will be an ordering of rewards and ministry. It just, it's just so amazing. Wait, you, you looked at me really weird on that one. Yeah, what does he mean by that? Uh, isn't that, it, it, you know, the whole, you know, you're going to be judged based upon your works and you'll have rewards in heaven and some people might have a big whole, you know, mansion, a and you might, mansion. and you might have a shack. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not com- particularly convinced on that. Yeah, I, I've heard that one before, and and you know what? I don't have one opinion one way yeah, or the I've other. I've heard it in jokes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I believe I've heard it taught and preached before. Wow. But I'm still, you know what? If if I get to heaven, I don't care if I have a mansion. I don't care if I have a shack. You know, I don't care if I'm driving a Mercedes or if I'm driving a Yugo. I just, I, I can't imagine anything bad being in heaven. You know, the fact is right. we're going to have the fullness of God in heaven and we're going to have the fullness of a relationship in heaven. Right. And so who cares what rewards there are? The reward is that you're, you're with God. Right. You're, you're fulfilled. You're, you're content. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a reward for me. What what better do you get in heaven? I I don't understand. But but I have heard that one taught before, and yeah. and and that's a very. I, I would say that, that you know that there there must be something in Revelation or something about that, or maybe in something in one of the New Testament letters. And I don't uh, know. Yeah, I, I th- they might be getting it from Revelation, but I would disagree yeah. with it. But anyway, keep yeah. Going. So it's the <laughs> and and John says it's the essential versus the non-essential discussion all over again, which is true. Yeah. I, it, so yeah. anyway, it's for me that's a non-essential. So amazing it, to me, that, and it's not in the, it's not really in the uh, book at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To me, that there is this yearning, which I affirm for the doctrine of the Trinity, and people say I want to understand the Trinity, and then a book gets written, and Christians rush to its defense, and it's teaching modalism and goddess worship and graven imageism, and even denies any sort of deference within the ontological Trinity, and Christians lack the discernment to even see that as a problem and sell it to the multitudes and because we lack the discernment you should stay away from it let me be the guide to tell you all the things you can consume and not consume right yeah yeah i have a real problem with this so anyway <laughs> so <laughs> let, let me can i read to you uh romans eight fifteen and 16 sure of course. it says so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves instead you received god's spirit when he adopted you as his children now call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. 
Now, this goes back to uh, you'll never – God's not just your papa. He's not your, just your go in and say – God's the big stern you know, yeah. being that, that yeah. is, is too good for you. And, and, and that – let me read – so, so with, with their understanding of what they say God the Father is, um, <laughs> look, this is in chapter 6 of the book. I'm going to read from it here. And, and this isn't really – From sport. the shack. This is from the shack. This is not from the Bible. Not the good book. This is just the book. This is Shaq, chapter 6, verses. <laughs> Whatever. Page so-and-so. <laughs> all right. This is, this is Mac, the main character. All right. Am I going crazy? Am I supposed to believe that God is a big black woman with a questionable sense of humor? You must know, <laughs> he offered. I'm c- calling you Papa is a bit of a stretch for me. All right. And the reason why this African woman is called Papa is made known in the book. Uh, God says it is because I am showing myself as uh, as a woman, a mother. Let's see. Am I, let's see. I am showing myself as a woman, a mother or something else. And then continued on. Maybe it's have you ever thought of the reason why I'm doing this? Maybe it's because of your of the failures of your own papa or your own father. So basically, God says, do you think do you, maybe one of the reasons why I'm not coming to you as a father, a fatherly being figure, figure, figure yeah. is because that's your conception and you did not maybe have the best father. Right. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even hear me if I came back. as a, Exactly. Or and I came back. But as if I showed myself to you as that which you were, you know, hurt by or whatever else. Exactly. And then Max says, I think it'd be easier to have this conversation if you weren't wearing a dress, he suggested and attempted a smile. Ask, uh, let's see, as weak as it was. God says this, if it were easier, then, it, then I wouldn't be wearing a dress, that is. Uh, she said with a slight giggle. I'm not trying to make this harder for either of us, but this is a good place for us to start. I often find getting head issues out of the way first makes the heart stuff easier to work on later. You, when you are ready. And then uh, a little bit later it says, Mackenzie, I am neither... Now, What? wait a second. Now listen to this because this is exactly what Mark right. Driscoll says he believes and he right. missed this. Right. God says in this book, God the Father says, Mackenzie, I am neither male nor female. Even though both genders are derived from my nature, which Mark Driscoll is going to get to in a couple weeks, um, if I choose to appear... And it's even in the book, it's even italicized. Right, right, right. If I choose to appear to you as a man or woman, it's because I love you. That's what the book is about. Um, For me to appear to you as a woman and suggest that you call me Papa is simply to mix metaphors to help you keep from falling so quickly back onto your religious conditioning. Mm-hmm. All right. She leaned forward. This is still God. She leaned forward as if to share a secret to reveal myself to you as a very large white grandfather figure with flowing beard like Gandalf would simply reinforce your religious stereotypes. And this weekend is not about reinforcing your religious stereotypes. Mac believed in his head, at least that God was spirit, neither male nor female, but in Spite of that, he was embarrassed to admit to himself that all his visuals of God were very white and very male. God, and this is still in chapter six, God says, hasn't it always been a problem for you to embrace me as, fa- as your father? 
And after what you've been through, you couldn't very well handle a father right now, could you? Right. All right. This is chapter 16. All right. Um, it seemed it seemed he had only just heard, entered a deep sleep of dreamless rest when Mac felt a hand shaking him awake. Mac, wake up. It's time to go. The voice was familiar, but deeper, as if she had just woken up herself. Huh? He groaned. What is it? He mumbled as he tried to figure out where he was and what he was doing. It's time to go, returned his whisper. Although he didn't think uh, that answered what he had been asking, he climbed out of bed, grumbling and fumbling until he found the lamp switch and snapped it on. It was blinding after the pitch dark, and it took another moment until he could pry one eye open and squint up at his early morning visitor. The man standing next to him looked a bit like Papa, uh, dignified, older, wiry, taller than Mac. Had silvery white hair pulled back into a ponytail, matched by a gray-splashed mustache and goatee. Plaid shirt with sleeves rolled up, jeans and hiking boots completed the outfit of someone ready to hit the trail. Papa? Mac asked. Yes, son. All, um, and he says, "Are you? you're just playing with me again, aren't you? And, and then it says, always, he said with a warm smile, and then answered Mac's next question before it was asked. This morning, you're going to need a father. Hmm. A fictional story. It is not about, it is about the love of God and and the things that this author, Paul Young, has learned and God has been laying on his heart. He did the best he could trying to portray the Trinity without messing it all up. How many of us can write a fictional story and try to include a conversation with the Trinity and not screw it up? (laughs) Well, and it's not necessarily screwing up. It's, It's fully explained it. Exactly. And and you're dealing with mystery. I, yeah. You know, that's just something that that's a reality. And if you think that you've got the Trinity all figured out, I guarantee you, you probably don't. Right. And and now here is the point where I'm going to say if you have not finished this book, if you have not read the book and you don't want to be spoiled at the end, turn us off right now. Please come back and listen to the last few minutes, however long this is going to be. Uh, it's probably only going to be about five more minutes. And try not to talk about it in the chat room so that way yeah. you can just press mute and still yeah. in the chat room. just mute us in the chat room but don't don't say this in the chat room at the end of the story we learned that his weekend in the shack when he thought that he had got there friday and left and came back was heading back towards home on sunday right. after that weekend with god he boom gets caught in a car crash sent to the hospital turns out that he was in a uh in a, a an unco- unconscious state over the weekend uh, and he had been in the hospital for four days when he woke up, uh, and his wife tells him that he was in the accident on Friday night on the way to the shack. So it was a dream. <laughs> the whole thing was a dream. Hello, but but the thing is, it was and and and, and what's really cool, and it's not just it was oh well that never happened, but but it, and there, there's some great things, and I and, and and those of you who have read the book, you know that it, it's really cool. It, it's a great story. I loved it. And and you know what? Sure. There were some things in there that even I kind of said, oh, that doesn't quite fit what I understand about God. Um, right. And I can't even remember what they are right now. But but certainly it wasn't the Trinity thing. It's, the Trinity thing, I've already marked that up as a, as a mystery I'll never be able to fully explain or understand here on this earth. Now, for all those people, I can understand Mark getting a little upset as as the head pastor if he's getting thousands of emails. Oh my gosh, the shack finally did! I understand the Trinity, right, and right. yeah, no, no, that's wrong. 
right. understand that. But, but, but instead of saying, don't read the shack, the shack is goddess worship. Do, do you see goddess worship when it says, hey, Mac, I'm neither male nor female? Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's in here. Mark, come on. Read the book. It's in chapter six, Mark. Just read chapter six, please. Right. It, it, it ju- put, I understand. Put out warnings. Hey, guys, the shack, it's a popular book. Man, it's showing up everywhere. It's the most. Po- it's it, it. Last I checked, it was number twelve on Amazon or whatever of the books sold ever. And and you know that it's in Christian bookstores. You guys are reading it like crazy. You're emailing me. A uh, couple things. Number one, understand it's a fictional story. Right. And 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 I invest. I encourage you to go and investigate the author. Matter of fact, let me bring the author in. Let's 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 interview him and talk to him or or something. So so you can at least have him. If you don't believe me, have him explain to you that he's not trying to deceive the Christian world into a misunderstanding and right. and worshiping a goddess. Oh gosh. Anyway, so that's my review of the shack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so what are some of the things you read in the in the chat room as we were going along? Oh gosh. Um I, you covered a lot of that stuff on the, that <clears throat> that we were going to cover. Um uh one of the things was up up on top up here. And it is just the chat girl says, "Yeah, yeah, at the end of the book God transgenders. What do you think that why do you think that was necessary or significant?" I, well, that I, And that's what you were just right. Just yeah. About. Okay. So yeah, we did cover that. And, and, the, and the fact is, is that you know you're going to, and and if you read that part of the story, he he did need a father. Well, the author felt to tell the story that you're going to need a father today. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're going to need a perfect father. And yeah. and it still appeared to be is is the key phrase here. Right. And and some people were just talking about just in general about the book in general and, and like and it says uh, like this one was from. Uh, F-R-E-D, Fred? Yeah, Fred. Okay. <laughs> it just says, uh, just like, for example, the, the Da Vinci Code book came out. A lot of people were dismayed, were dismissed by any controversy as it's just a book. And he says, my response would be that a book represents a point of view, and I have the same issues with the Left Behind series, just a book, but it represents a specific mindset or a certain mindset. And then Run down here says, Fred, I agree. <clears throat> Man, that's the one thing I don't like about the chat stuff. When I know. you try to go back up and someone puts a new one up there, it goes all into the new one. It says, I agree I with, I think with any form of entertainment, art, media, you need to balance it. And I have children, so it's always weighing what is junk in and what is junk out. Uh, it's a precious balance, but in the in the case of the shack, I'm not finished. The verdict is out, but I know it's not the Bible, and we must emphasize that to others too. Yeah, and, and, and the point of view, uh, it definitely is a point of view of an author who has his understanding of who God is and, and what God's laid on his heart and what he believes to be true. And and again, that is never a basis for for you know taking that and mimicking it as your own understanding of who God is. But but certainly, where does this idea come that you you shouldn't hear other people give their testimony of who they believe God is and sharing? Is it what what about this community thing? Of I mean, what what if this wasn't? What if this was not? Let let's just say. Paul Young happened to be a member of Mark Driscoll's church, Mars Hill Community Church in in Seattle, right. Washington. Right. And 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 the Mr. Paul Young is is a member of the church and he leads a small group. And over the course of the last 2 years, he's not told them a fictional story, but when conversations come up and they're reading the Bible studies that were probably put together by Mark Driscoll himself, Right. Um and and stuff and people asked questions in between the questions 
and Paul kind of just shares his thoughts of on the best he can explain the Trinity, but says, you know, hey, understand, I'm this, I'm not the Bible here. Understand, right. this is fiction. This is a story. Right, right. But the best I understand it is like this. What, what if he was to share it like that? And yeah. and what if he was to share the things that God has laid on his heart just in in testimony or sharing time during a small group session over the course of two or three years in Mark Driscoll's church? Right. Would he then be a heretic? No. I it, it I think that just because this book has become popular is not a reason why it is more deceptive, like right. the pa- Pastor Bob says. Right. Why is it so? It's more even more deceptive because now it's being sold in Christian bookstores. Yeah. And then Ron basically also says, you know, sometimes those are the sometimes those who are of the quote cloth, sometimes, and this is not just cloth. This is Christians in general are threatened by the fact that someone might look to something other than the Bible to understand things beyond our comprehension. In the midst of incredible circumstances, why can't they just use it as a tool, not the gospel, rather than teaching or rather than tearing each other apart? Um, yeah, and I and I, I agree with that. And, and the funny thing is, is you know, uh, pick up a commentary, and guess what? Yes. <laughs> oh, and and by the way, pick up a translation. Uh huh. Because there's going to be some commentary in the midst of that translation. You know, I had a big. Um, I'm 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 still I'm still actually in the middle of right now personally of just wrestling with the authority of scripture, the solo scriptura kinds of stuff. Um, and, um, and I, the, one of the things that I just kept, I kept on thinking over and over again was when you hear the term gospel in the new Testament, it's not talking about a written down scripture. It's talking about the life of this man named Jesus. It's, it's the story, it's the story of and salvation. Exactly. And so, have we taken it too far of a step? And and as um, as uh, Phyllis Tickle says, we've we've represented, we've taken away what Martin Luther did with the ninety nine uh, thesis was he he substituted a person pope with a paper pope. Mm-hmm. And while there still needs to be authority found within Scripture, is it the only authority? And can we actually use other things like our experiences and our minds and our traditions to actually interpret what Scripture is saying uh, so we can be able to get, actually get to allowing the authority to be in found in Christ and found in, and create our covenant God and Holy Spirit? Or do we only find it in just you know these written down words, which people can't even decide which exactly words need to be in there? <laughs> right. And, and so I, I'm personally wrestling with it. I don't have an answer for that. Um, but I'm still wrestling with that kinds of stuff. And I think that's, I think that's true. Like, you know, are we going to be able to, are we as Christians allowed to look at something else and, and get an idea about who God might be? And I would, I would say from God mm-hmm. to better understand or explain who God is. Um, and, and, and it's not necessarily, you only got that from reading scripture, right? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's like the Celtic wave evangelism when, you know, when, um, some dude picks up uh, a three-leaf clover and says, I'm going to do the best I can to, to explain the Trinity through the clover. Well, there, there is no clover found in the Bible. There's, there's nothing in there that says, hey, <laughs> well, you could see us as a piece of clover, probably because there wasn't any <laughs> clover. I don't know. Maybe there is clover found in the Middle East. I don't know. But, but, <laughs> but you know, is that wrong? Because it's not only from Scripture. Yeah, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And, and – 
Um, Fred from Long Island says, I wouldn't call it just a fictional account, but rather it is a fictional account trying to explain the author's imperfected, imperfect understanding. I, I don't even know if I need to even go that far, but I understand what you're saying, Fred. It, it, the fact is, is that we're all, in, we all have imperfect understanding. Mark Driscoll has imperfect understanding. And, and, and that is not, and that is not a jive at him. Right. Exactly. If I, I, I guarantee you, I, well, I, I would respect Mark Driscoll enough to say that I can't imagine that Mark Driscoll believes that he has a perfect understanding of God. Right. Okay. So, so every, all of us have a, an imperfect understanding of God. It, it is, it's a fictional account with his best attempt at trying to, uh, describe God in a way so that you can get past that, get the, get the, and I love the fact that he, you know, the God's a black woman right up front, you know, so you can get the head issues out. But unfortunately, some people can't get past the head issues. Well, and especially if the head issue is wearing lipstick and maybe some blush. Yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> but I, I tell you, I, let me just share with you that through this story, um, the, what what it did for me, I really felt God spoke to me through this story, and and I know that that uh, now that would scare Mark to death to hear me say that phrase. God same, spoke. God, God spoke, spoke to me through this through this story. Right. Because oh, yeah, it's it like, scary, yeah. yeah, that that would be really scary. It's like Cliff. God, it's not going to speak to you through a fictional story, especially one with such heresy and goddess worship. Um, <laughs> but but no, God spoke to me through that. And how did He speak to me? He confirmed. God confirmed to me several things that God has been speaking to me over and over and over again throughout my entire Christian life. Mm. Um, things that I've been learning, things that God's been like, le- Cliff, you understand it's, I forgave you at the cross. It, it, it It's done. It, you and I, we are in relationship. <laughs> you know, when you go and you sin, I'm, I forgave that at the cross. It was done then. And it's like, yeah. but no, because now I've sinned and now I have to stay separate from you. And I'm ashamed of you. You're ashamed. Of, I'm ashamed of what you think about me. And, and you're mad at me now because, well, when I do things that, you know, that upset my earthly dad, he's mad at me. Right. You know, it, right. honestly, unfortunately, when my kids do something, it, it, it kind of, it, it, I'm when they color on the wall for the 15th time, you know, I'm angry at my kids. So, God, you have to be angry at me. Right, exactly. Because I'm their dad and you're my dad. So, yeah, you're angry at me. And it's and you only we only fix that relationship when there's true remorse and, and, and they come right. and say, I'm so sorry. But in this book, in this book it, it confirms to me some things that God, I think, has been leading me to understand over the years. And it's, it's not all of a sudden it's like huge revelation of what God's saying through this no, book. It, it was just... Uh, yet another reinforcement of somebody else who believes the same thing that God's been teaching him, the right, author. Right. And so he's like, this is what I've learned from God. God's saying, I, I forgave you at the cross. Right. You know, it's, it's done. I forgave you then now. And, 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 and by the way, my relationship doesn't grant you eternity. Uh, what it is is I, I did my part, but now you have the choice. Do you want to, do you want to accept that gift? You know, and there, there are some great, Wonderful things in this book that that just confirmed a lot of things that I already knew to be true. Um, some things I knew to be true that I didn't really have. You know, am I the? It was. I had a lot of things where I was reading this and I felt it's like, wow, I know this to be true. This because this is what God's been teaching me. But I've never heard another Christian in my entire life 
express what I feel. And and there were maybe two occasions in the book where I've been afraid to to kind of talk about that with another Christian. Sure. And and it's like, wow, it, it, it and so this doesn't ever get talked but it's talked about and, and that's exactly what God laid on my heart, you know? Right. And well, so the, that's the one what thing it that is. I'm thrilled about with this book is it is forcing Trinity to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Because I think the majority of people in the world whether they're normal or if they're Christians I think when they hear the term God, they automatically just jump to Father God. Yep. They have no concept of the fact that God is Trinity. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, and, and so that's the one aspect that I'm loving about this book because it is forcing people to say, oh, wait a second, Trinity. Well, yeah, I've heard that term before, but it is mainly just a character in the Matrix, you know, yeah. or something like that. And so, you know, I love that aspect of, of the fact that this is bringing Trinity to the forefront. It's not, you know, and hopefully it will change the way when people hear the term God, that they'll actually think Trinity and not just creator covenant God. And and in that aspect, I think this is a great book to read because, uh, and in the Serahu, which I can't, Hey, I just trilled an R. Serahu. I don't know how to do that, but anyway, you did, you did it well. All right. So, um, So anyway, um, it is it is a uh, another human language for the word for the term wind. Well, and, it's it's actually the name of a river uh, in India. Well, well, the author but, s- explained where he came up with the name, right? And it says, but it says later on, it's down here. It says the name given to the personification of the Holy Spirit in the shack, but it also is the name of the river that flows in a fictional town, a fictional town uh, in an Indian writer's books. But the actual word itself, it says the name is the feminine derivative of the Sanchrist root, uh, which basically is an understanding of to flow. So it's like a a female, um, you know, in in dialect and words, like this female understanding of that which is streaming. It could be air. It could be wind. It could be water, which is the reason the river is named that. But it could be – it's just like this flowing understanding. It's like a feminine flowing. Right. Is what – well, well, and, and the, But the author in the interview explains where he came up with the name. And he asked a, a woman from a certain um, ethnicity, and I can't remember what it was, but if you lo- listen to the interview, um, you'll hear it. But he, he says, you know, give me some – what are some words for wind? And he, they threw, this lady threw out a bunch of them, and 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 he, she threw out one of them was Serer, Serer, anyway Serariu or whatever, but anyway, um, and and she says, and and there are different kinds of winds, but this specific wind that because they had many different words that described wind, but right. this Serahu or whatever was a word that is one of those winds that just comes out of nowhere. It just. It just uh, it, and she even explained it as this: on a very hot day, you're just like boiling, and then just out of nowhere, a a, a wind comes across and cools you and brings calmness, and and that's what a sarahu is, hmm. and and it's like that's the one I'm using, that's yeah, the story, that's cool. and and so, it, but yeah, it, it definitely, um, I believe it does do that. I believe it does. It's like when you think of it, because I don't think we think about the Holy Spirit enough. I don't right. hear a whole lot of talk about the Holy Spirit at work in our daily lives, and this story really brings that to the to, to the to the table here. And it's it's God is is with you know with us through Christ. Right. You know the Spirit of God is interacting is is working in our lives. Jesus Christ is in our life. You right. know, always present, always here, and 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 it's it is the Trinity, but it's not a description and saying, hey, this is exactly. 
what the Trinity really looks like. It's it is a representation of this author's understanding. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, I've I've always wrestled with um, uh, whether to put the the in front of Holy Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> because if I understand that this is a personhood, three persons and one, um, then then it's, it's not, not just a it's not just a spirit or the spirit. It is Holy Spirit. And and I, they try to fix that with saying Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Because ghost in most people's minds is oh okay there's 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 a there's, there's a person there kind of a thing yeah but they still call it the Holy Ghost yeah <laughs> and then it's just another ghost you know it's so I I've actually been wrestling with that my whole life to be honest with you is do I actually put the in front of it or do I just put Holy Ghost right anyway well folks we want to thank you for hanging out with us and uh, thank you for putting up with me you know I, I hope I didn't come off as too arrogant against Mark Driscoll and, and Pastor Bob uh, I, I I don't mean to it's just I it's like and I'm not I, trust me I'm not defending this book and saying you must go read this you <laughs> I don't has anybody heard me say I haven't said that in this podcast have I I don't you, think you must, so. I don't think I've said go and get this book but if you want to, do me a favor and go over to Mardell.com and get it. M-A-R-D-E-L.com. They're not a sponsor for this podcast, but they're an awesome sponsor for the Family from the Heart podcast. And uh, we're coming up for renewal with them. And so uh, I love it when they say, yeah, we're going to renew for six more months with our contract of oh, yeah. sponsoring your podcast. And they do that based upon, well, number one, they love supporting what GSPN.TV is all about. Sure. But... But also, very much, they like the fact that people are hearing about Mardell.com right. all yeah, throughout the U.S. Advertising. Come on. It's, it's advertising. And uh, thank you guys for purchasing from them when you do. And, and I know that you do because they tell me. Yeah. And if you want to buy a copy of The the Shack, you can get it over at Mardell.com. You get 10% off. And how they find out whether or not you bought it as a result of hearing about it through us uh, is if you use promo code GSPN. In the shopping cart, GSPN in the oh, shopping okay. cart, and you get 10% off your order, and it lets them know that you got it. But that's only if you want to buy a copy of The Shack. I'm not suggesting it's a must-read for everybody, that every Christian are to have The Shack, Pilgrim's Progress, Mere Christianity, and the Bible. <laughs> not not in any But I'll tell you what. I love... Chronicles of Narnia. And he Co- mentioned Gandalf, so I have to throw out uh, Lord of the Rings because it's my favorite book ever. But uh, I, I will tell you, I love the book, and personally, I had an experience with God while reading it uh, and having some things reaffirmed. And it was more—it was more along the lines of if the author and I were to sit down and talk and have a conversation about God and, yeah, and yeah. what it, it was more along those lines. And that's cool. really what I felt like it was. Awesome. It was a discussion between me and the author about our understanding of who God is. Definitely. And I didn't agree with everything. Yeah, of course. And just like DG and I, you, you heard us. 72 episodes before this one. That's right. DG and I don't agree with everything no. on everything no, about God. And uh, so that's what it is. Especially the Creation Museum that we're going to talk about next week. That's right, man. <laughs> we'll talk about the Creation Museum next week. Uh, but you can give us a call. We want your feedback. Please, uh, and, please, and please. From what I understand, this is going to generate a lot of feedback. Uh, cool. and And feel free to give it. The phone number where you can leave a voicemail any time of day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is area code 859 795 4067. Again, that's area code 859-795-4067. That's right. You can also also email us, and the email address is... Is feedback at gspn.tv. Uh, I do a podcast called Praxis Podcast, P-R-A-X-I-S, podcast.com. If you want to find out more about that, you can. 
Absolutely. Uh, I keep on forgetting to do that. Twitter. I remember it. And Twitter, please follow us. I am twitter.com slash argon52. And I am twitter.com slash gspn. And uh, one last thing, we want to say thank you to a sponsor of this podcast. Oh, yes. Uh, we we took a month off, so I forgot. Uh, what, but really, we have an anonymous anonymous sponsor out there who, who donated some funds for GSPN a while back. And uh, basically, he asked us, I'm spinning the music back, <laughs> yeah, uh, but he asked us to just remember to pray for another church in our area that is not our own. Yeah. And uh, if you want to support... If you want to support what we're doing with About the Church, sure, please become a Plus member. It's the best way. Definitely. And, and that's over at gspn.tv slash plus. See y'all next Bye, week. Bye, everybody.